Trigger warning, the Resilience Project provides an open space for people to share their personal experiences. Some content in this podcast may include topics that you may find difficult. The listener's discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome to Radical Resilience, a weekly show where I, Blair Kaplan Venables, have inspirational conversations with people who have survived life's most challenging times. We all have the ability to be resilient and bounce forward from a difficult experience. And these conversations prove just that. Get ready to dive into these life-changing moments while strengthening your resilience muscle and getting raw and real. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Resilience. It's me, Blair Kaplan Venables, and I'm here today to talk to you about resilience. Of course, because that's what this podcast is about. Um, I'm really excited about this guest because I actually met her in New York. And we live in different countries, but we just hit it off. And we connected when um, we got back from our trip. And I just knew I had to have her on the show. Adrienne Grace is a mindset and high performance coach, consultant, and speaker. She helps high achieving professionals and entrepreneurs become leaders in their field and make quantum leaps in their business, finances, personal growth, and impact. I met her in New York and we were there just for professional development, but we clicked and we clicked on many things. And it's funny because offline we were talking about what do we want to talk about? And it's true. Like all of us humans have multiple ways in our life that we have to be resilient. Like you don't just like get born into the world and life is easy. So we're going to talk about all sorts of things today. So Adrian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah. So we were just catching up and what you said to me was very exciting before we hit record. And it was that you just celebrated your one year alcohol free. Yes. Yep. Just in a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like, so tell me about that. Like I am as someone who's very open about her sobriety, um, you can share whatever you want, but I would love to know if you want to share your story about why you chose to live this life and what this last year has been like for you. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I would love to. Um, well, I will say that I always like had in the back of my mind, like someday I'll stop drinking someday I'll stop drinking. I don't know why that just like was a thought that I had a lot of times, but I thought that it was way down the line. <laughs> um, and I, if you had asked me, I never really thought I had a problem with alcohol. I, but I did, you know, I had a career in finance and I was in financial sales and I was out entertaining all the time. And so I was always constantly drinking. Uh, and you know, when I really, thought about it. I mean, I had, I had never really stopped, right. I never did like dry January or anything like that. If I can go a week without drinking, I was like very excited. And just because I always had these work dinners and happy hours. So what happened was I actually went through a plant medicine ceremony. Um, so it was something called combo. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it was, which is like a, a frog poison. This sounds kind of strange, but we did five days of that, which is just, that's not a psychedelic. Wait, is that where you lick the toad? No, that's Bufo. But oh, I've done uh, Bufo before. Oh, you have? Oh, <laughs> In a ceremony. Okay. Yes. So we, nice. all the toads, there's so many magical yeah. toads. I had no <laughs> I know, idea. There's so many toads. <laughs> this like clears like your whole lymphatic system. It's really interesting. It's only like, it's on your skin for 15 minutes and it's just like 15 minutes of hell. Um, but then 
you know, you get relief after and whatever. So, and after five days of that, it culminated with a ceremony of San Pedro. So during that ceremony, so a lot of people use combo actually to stop drinking because it resets your relationship with alcohol. They say, I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but, um, but I wasn't going for that. I was just going because I was interested in this. There's a lot of healing involved and, but what happened in the San Pedro ceremony, where is that it showed me all the ways that I did have a drinking problem in a lot of ways. And I was blind to it, right. That I, you know, started drinking when I was in high school and basically never stopped. Uh, it showed me how, you know, I had an ex-husband who was a big drinker and I always kind of blamed him for that, but I never looked at myself and I was just as bad in a lot of ways. Um, and so it showed me this really eye-opening, very uncomfortable, uh, just view of my life with alcohol in it. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and, um, I really, that whole night was really challenging and I kind of tossed and turned all night thinking, I can't go without alcohol. Like I'm going to Paris in a couple of weeks. Like, how can I not drink and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, who is holding on to this so tightly, right? Because basically the guidance I got was like, you have free will. You can do anything you want, right? Take it or leave it. But this is, this is the true picture. This is the truth of your reality. So I made the decision that I was going to stop drinking and yeah, it was, um, it was hard, right. And, uh, really hard in the beginning, it gets easier with every no, right. And every time you pass it up, I'm sure as you can attest to, uh, but it's been a really rewarding year and journey with it. Well, I'm so proud of you because it is hard. And the whole first year, it's like you have to relearn how to do everything. Exactly. Exactly. Like showing up to dinners, like your social circle, interacting with certain people. Like you're like when I stopped drinking, my social circle changed. Mm, yeah. I can you know? see. So, so wow. You, so a whole year. And it's funny, like that you were on medicine and that's what showed you to uh -huh. stop drinking. Um, you also mentioned that you, you left, like you're divorced. Was that after the yeah. ceremony? Was it in the last year? No, I actually got divorced like seven years ago. So it's been a little while. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, what are some of the biggest lessons you learned in the past year of sobriety? Oh, I love that. Um, I will say that one, it's really help me learn how to cope in a different way, right? It's taught me a lot about myself and how much I reach for things to make me feel more comfortable in certain situations. And it had to get me to totally like reprogram my mind on how I interact in situations and how I handle uncomfortable emotions that come up, right? I would say that's like the number one thing. Number or two is that a lesson is that a lot of people are uncomfortable with you not drinking, right? And you have, you cannot take it personally because I think it very much just is a reflection of them and their relationship with alcohol. And so it's hard sometimes not to take it personally. Like I get upset because sometimes I find out my friends do things without me. I've gotten invited to things and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> right. And I think it's because I'm not drinking anymore. Oh my gosh. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it's interesting. So I moved to a new city last year 
and I've never had to make friends as an adult sober. <laughs> like mm, everyone oh, in my life before was already friends with me. Yeah. And I've become friends with my neighbors and that's great. But I was like, I should make some like friends without kids. Cause all my neighbors have kids and I don't have kids just, you know, for those, like, let's go for dinner randomly. And like, cause having kids seems to be yeah. like a lot of coordination. And so I invited myself to a Halloween party with a friend and I was going <laughs> to meet them there. And I got dressed up as a whoopee cushion and I was like, Oh, I don't oh, want to go. And my husband's like, go, you need to make some friends. So I got dressed up as a whoopee cushion and did my makeup and like I was getting ready and listening to hip hop and getting pumped up. And I sat down on the couch and it was now 10 o'clock, which is past my bedtime. And by 1030, like I I was just trying to muster up like the energy. And I was like, no, because everyone there's drinking. I'm just going to go to bed. So I like dressed up for a whoopee as a whoopee cushion for like an hour (laughs) on sat on my couch. But like it's funny because like things are just different with friends. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I would actually say that number three is, um, dating. With, with oh, cause you're single. Are you single? Uh, well, I have a boyfriend now. Okay. Um, but we've only been dating for uh, a few months. And so, um, so I dated for a while without it. And what I realized is that it's so easy to get along with people when you have a couple drinks in your system. Right. And we make, judgment just bad judgment decisions based on it and this could be friends or dating right (laughs) um because you realize that some friends are probably just really drinking buddies uh but dating being being sober and dating was able for me to to see how like yeah I think I just you know it's you can get along with somebody you're like oh yeah it there's like false chemistry when you're drinking. And so it really helps you gain a ton of clarity on a date with somebody. So that was a really interesting process. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I can't imagine like, cause 11 years ago is when I met my husband and like, I love online dating. That's how I've met my past few relationships has been like lava life or plenty of fish. Like I met my husband on plenty of fish. So like we got to know each other sober and not sober, you know, but like dating sober. I mean, like, I can't even imagine because like it's, it's a learning thing, right? Because, you know, you have that liquid courage and now you're going on a date with someone you don't know. How does, how does like he respond to, is he also sober? He is. Yeah. Which is awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because a lot of people don't talk about if they're sober or not, but there's actually a lot of people who don't drink. There are actually, because I, you know, I just, I wrote a post about my one year of not drinking, both on LinkedIn and Instagram and got so many responses from it from very surprising people. And, and yeah, it's true. There are a lot of people and I think people just don't, you know, aren't really overt about it. And I understand why. Yeah. And I mean, and I think everyone has their own journey and their own reasons, right? Exactly. And like, it's not like, it's not okay to, I mean, some people are okay with it, but like, you know, if you are with someone and they're not drinking, it's really not your place to ask them why they're not drinking. Just like, it is what it is. And, and, you know, you don't have to be uncomfortable around it. What what I found really funny is when I went, so when I stopped drinking, I, I still got invited out sometimes and like, I'd go to a party and I knew everyone was drinking. So I always had this rule that when everyone's on their second drink is when I leave, like, you know, once mm, they get to that loud, like repetitive stage. That's a, re- <laughs> that's a great idea. And, and like I, bed, like sleep is so important to me too. Like I don't, if I don't have to stay up late, 
I won't. Like I've watched the sunrise once in the last year, a couple of years, right? <laughs> and yeah. um, and I was because I was in Mexico and I wanted to watch the sunrise because that's cool. But yeah, I I found I find it funny because my friend circle and the people in my community know I'm sober. And I always find it funny because it'd be when someone's having a couple drinks or they're like a couple too many drinks is when they come to me and they're like, I want to stop drinking. We should oh, get together and talk about it. I'm like, whatever you want, but then they never reach out. And that happened yeah. a few times. But yeah, if anyone ever like was sober curious or wants to know about what my life is like without drinking, or they want to talk about my process, like I'm open. Like I have strangers reaching out to me on Instagram. I have friends. I, I you know, depending on the situation, I connect them to resources. Yeah. But like, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think sober curious, the, the concept of being sober curious is more accepted. And I think people are getting Definitely. comfortable with it. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think so too. And I think, you know, for a while, and even pe- people still think like, if you stop drinking, it's because you had a problem you were an alcoholic And one, I I hate labels, right? I don't want to, like, the labels, I think, you know, are just whatever. Um, But people assume that. So people don't want to, like, put that out there. And then if that isn't quite the case, right? Like, I actually don't consider myself a quote-unquote alcoholic. But I don't even, you know, I don't even know what that means. I actually think most people probably are alcoholics. (laughs) Maybe I I was. Anyway, I just, I think that... um, yeah, people are definitely more interested in it. And yeah, people have been reaching out to me like, oh, like, how, you know, I, I tried doing it for three months, like, good for you. I've always wanted to do it. Right. And so you're right. I think people are definitely getting more curious about it. It's getting more acceptable. Um, I'm okay thinking people like thought I had a drinking problem. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't care. I'm open about that. I think sometimes it makes people in my circle uncomfortable. Like, my sister, for example, I think she gets like defensive of me. Uh, and I'm like, I don't care what people think, right? I don't care if somebody mm-hmm. thinks I was an alcoholic. Uh, this was my own journey, my own path. And yeah, I didn't have a healthy relationship with alcohol is the bottom line. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. You know, it's so interesting. When I stopped drinking, people would be like, are you an alcoholic? You're not an alcoholic. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I, I'm like, well, I have a problem with alcohol and it makes me make bad decisions and certain yeah. things I can't say no to if I have alcohol in my system. Exactly. Yes, I don't wake up every day and start drinking and yeah, I can have a drink and stop. But in certain situations, it's uh, kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. That was that was something I saw in my ceremony. It was like every bad decision I ever made was because I was drinking. Gosh, yes. I, I mean, like I have to do a full analysis because I've made so many bad decisions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've made some pretty, I've got myself into some pretty terrible situations. And yeah. actually my last relationship before Shane, like I dated an abusive alcoholic. Mm. And I didn't know he was an alcoholic until I moved in with him. And like, he was verbally abusive. And the day he put his hands on me, I left him and I ended up homeless wow. for three weeks until I got my apartment and I just couch surfed. And it was really traumatic. And that should have been an indication like, okay, Blair, you need to stop drinking. Um, but I obviously like it had nothing to do with me drinking, but then everything to do with me drinking because my yeah. whole relationship mm-hmm. with that person was around drinking. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, it's so interesting. Did you, um, did you just stop or did you get support from any sort of tools or community members or. I did just stop. Yeah. And, you know, I'm very thankful to that combo that, um, that frog poison basically, cause they say it does reset your relationship with alcohol. And so I think that actually really helped because, um, 
and what I did also, it was like, I sent out an email to my email list and telling, you know, announcing that I was giving up alcohol. And so that public accountability was huge for me. Wait, you did an announcement? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. It's like a pregnancy announcement, <laughs> sobriety <laughs> announcement. Yes, exactly. Because I felt like, okay, if I like, you know, if I share this story, this is going to help keep me accountable to this decision that I'm making. And I think public accountability is huge, but you know, I'm I'm a mindset coach, right? So, so I was able to use a lot of my tools in my toolbox for that to make this decision and to stick with it. So while I didn't get support, I think that there's, you know, great, great resources. And I, I think AA is a great place. And I think the 12 steps are amazing. I've actually like considered going through them just because I think that everyone should almost go through them. Cause it's like a great personal development thing. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't do it with any, any help, but that's not to say I might not need it down the line. Yeah. Well, you did have help though. You have the tools from your coaching yeah. your mindset coaching. So you do, ha- you, you actually went into it with True. some tools. Yes, exactly. But that's amazing. Okay, I want to go back to something you said in the beginning about how you had a trip to Paris planned and what were you going to do? Were you, um, did you come home from that trip and immediately become sober or did you be like plan like this day is my last drink? I just, because I knew that if I started drinking again after I did that, the combo and everything, it, it would then it would get the alcohol back into my system. It would be harder to start from scratch. Mm. So I knew that I had to just make that the day I had. And so I went to Paris and I told myself, okay, I'm not going to drink, but I'm just going to allow myself to eat whatever the hell I want. And just like, so I literally went to Paris and cheese my face the entire <laughs> time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So much cheese. Yes. A lot of cheese, a lot of chocolate, a lot of croissants. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I live in wine country, like where I live is a big wine region in, in Canada. And it's funny because every time I tell people where I live, they're like, oh, there's so many wineries. I'm like, yeah, like I'll go and listen to music. And sometimes oh, yeah. I'll like bring my own like snacks or drinks yeah. because a lot of like, I mean, they're getting better now, but a lot of times breweries and cideries and vineyards don't have like an have option anything. for non-drinkers. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's, that's cool. I think that's really special. Cause I decided I was going to stop drinking and I was like, okay, new year's will be my last day. Mm. I'm going to go out with a bang. My friend from Australia was here. We went down to Vancouver. I went to a big party. I was with my best friends. And the next morning I, I was like, okay. And I woke up to an apology letter from my dad. So for me, it was just like the stars aligned. And I was like, okay. And I didn't say, oh, I'm going to be sober forever or here, like maybe just, you know, for a a year. Like I I thought I can't navigate my father's end of life with alcohol. It it increases my depression and anxiety, you know, and it's a really great way to escape. And my dad was an, you know, someone who lived with addiction and I'm a lot like him. And it was scary because if, you know, if I stayed on that path, with all the trauma that happened in my life, who knows what would have happened. So yeah, I, I didn't know how long I was going to be sober for. And it's interesting because when my dad died in February, which was like three and a half years after I decided, like I learned he was going to die. Um, I did think, oh, like, do you think I can drink again? Like, would things be different? And then I was like, no, I've come so far. Like, I don't even want yeah. to drink. But it was just like, yeah. it crossed my mind. Like, oh, would it be different? But addiction is progressive. Mm -hmm. and so 
it's it's like I this is yeah. a lifestyle forever now for me. I know. I think about that too because I'm like, oh, do I maybe at some point I'll drink again, or maybe I'll be able to have a glass of wine with dinner. But I'm like, but why? Why do I want like a glass of wine with dinner? And and then like or or quote unquote special occasions, right? Because then where do you draw the line? Because everything's a special occasion. There's always like a birthday, a holiday, something going on. Um, so yeah, I understand. So I think it is a lifestyle choice and I don't see myself returning to it in the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah, no, that's brilliant. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm so happy we're having this conversation and that it went a different way than we like originally started. Um, your, your business, your coaching business, how long have you been doing that? Like, were you drinking, like did the last year of sobriety, like, were you running your business before the last year? Like, how's this impacted your business? Yeah. So, um, I started my business in March, 2021. So I did have, you know, almost a year, nine months or whatever that is, um, of running my business while I was still drinking. I significantly cut down on my drinking during the pandemic. So I really wasn't drinking a ton. Um, but you know, actually I, I was dating somebody last summer who was a big drinker. And, uh, when I would hang out with him, I would see that I would drink a lot. And then, yeah, I would just be thrown off for days. So what was really interesting is that doing mindset work, I would be able to tell, even if I had like one glass of wine, the next day, the anxious thoughts, the worries, whatever, I mean, just heightened so much. And so when you start becoming conscious of your mind and what's going through it, you realize how much alcohol is not good for that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Totally. I love this. Um, I feel like I can talk to you for hours. I know. Um, right. Adrian, how, like if people are curious about this and they want to maybe work with you on mindset, how can people find you? Yeah. I think the best way is on Instagram. My handle is gracefully underscore Adrian or on LinkedIn, Adrian Grace. Um, yeah reach out to me. I would love to talk to anybody about this because I am really passionate about it. And if you're curious about sobriety at all, or how to use some of these mindset, mindset techniques to, to get sober, I think is super impactful. So would love to chat with anyone about it. That's brilliant. And I'm going to put your links and your full bio in the show notes. So I invite you to go into Adrian's world. Like she's just like a bright light and super awesome. And I want to thank everyone for spending some time with us, diving into sobriety, talking about resilience. And Adrian, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So fun to be here. Amazing. And we'll see you guys next week as we tune in to talk more about resilience. Thanks, everyone. That's a wrap for another episode of Radical Resilience. Do you feel inspired by this episode? You can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and connect with us to join the conversation at IamResilient.info. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. And you, my friend, are resilient. Radical Resilience is a podcast created by The Resilience Project.